Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident. And Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa, no matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. Present Round Guy Radio's Southeast Iowa Today. I'm John Bain, author of Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, and your host. On today's episode, I'm visiting with legendary author, ESPN commentator, billiards instructor, and the St. Louis shooter himself, Mark Wilson. And Mark gives us commentary on the upcoming Women's Professional Pool Tournament, March 16th through 19th at the Fairfield Arts and Convention Center in Fairfield, Iowa. Hello, John. Hey, good morning, Mark. Thanks for being on Southeast Iowa today. Well, glad to be here. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you for sure. As I said in the introduction that you have not heard, but uh, our listeners have heard it at this point, uh, you're a billiards legend. You are uh, an author. You wrote a book called Play Great Pool. You are an uh, instructor. You are a former and probably still currently at times an ESPN commentator. And um, you are an ambassador for the uh, sport of billiards across the world. And I'm honored to have you on the program today. It's a pleasure to be here. I always love talking pool. Pool's my whole life. Played professionally for uh, over 30 years on the pro tour and then owned pool rooms. Uh, Got to see the world. Uh, Pool's brought a lot into my life. Used to run the women's pro tour for eight years. Soul cues, and if I'm having a bad week, I might even detail your car, John. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. And, and you know, uh, I want to share with the uh, with the Southeast Iowa today listeners that Mark and I are we're related. We're in the same family. My wife Andrea is Mark's uh, first cousin, and uh, I have had the the pleasure of uh, being a cousin to Mark for going on 40 years so uh it's a really it's really cool to uh to be able to to have this conversation in this capacity and and what brought it on today is the fact that the women's professional pool tournament is going to be at the fairfield arts and convention center uh coming up this week march 16th through 19th in fairfield iowa and uh my uh partner in in podcasting mr southeast iowa dave johnson has been interviewing uh folks organizers of the event on the fairfield side of things and dave's going to be there for the whole event podcasting and i thought this is a wonderful opportunity to get mark wilson on the program so mark once again thank you and uh can you share what uh, people can expect at the women's professional pool tournament coming up this weekend well it's epically cool it's the best uh, female players from around the globe and uh, to include uh, my, uh, I used to call her my sister, but she probably preferred daughter, uh, the uh, greatest woman player of all time, Allison Fisher. And Allison uh, comes from England originally. She now lives in Charlotte. Her and I still work together. Nobody has won more professional titles than Allison Fisher. And uh, she'll be there, you know. I'm sure she'll be there on the final day. I don't know if she'll win first because it's pretty competitive, but she'll be there late. Wow. And uh, 
so give a give the audience that a sense uh, the folks that uh, may not know as much about Allison just what what it takes to get there well she grew up in England she grew up playing snooker and naturally there's a lot of hardships that goes along with that it's a six by twelve table as opposed to the pool table is four and a half by nine and uh, she trained hard trained rigorously but in England it wasn't so much a women's tour it was just an open tour and if you're in the top 50 you can make a pretty handsome living you know I'm talking about you know serious money like Oh, uh, upwards of, you know, $2 million a year. But wow. you have to be in that top little group, and you're up against all pure killers. So uh, it was hard to really make deep inroads there due to the fact that it was so competitive. So she switched in the pool and absolutely dominated the women's pool world for many, well, for the duration of her career. And, uh, you know, it naturally has taken her all over the world there's nowhere in the pool scene that if you mentioned her name, people wouldn't know who you're talking about. And uh, another thing that's pretty cool, she she received a MBE, which would be the second highest civilian award you can get in England. It's a member of the British Empire. And, uh, well, the Beatles got one. You know, I mean, to give you an idea of who you're in there with, stature-wise, you know. But, yeah, yeah. So, Really cool, and she's the most pleasant, uh, demure, uh, little debutante, and cute, and got dry British wit, fun to be around, uh, fearless competitor, though. I mean, she looks meek and mild, and and, uh, just everything about her is just prim, proper, good. She's outgoing, got a great personality, and uh, really fun. When you watch her, the thing to look for is watch her stroke delivery. It's the most compact, simple thing. It looks, but simple doesn't mean easy. It looks easy when she does it because the ball's just still perfect. But uh, it's you know a lifetime of training to make it look like that. So. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. For what you just described, I mean, that who wouldn't want to go and see this lady? I mean, it's it's truly. I mean, she's obviously incredible, and uh, people will uh, will. Uh, get a presentation of a pool that uh, they don't see at their at their regular uh, pool halls, that's for sure. <laughs> now, you know, uh, a lot of times the sport gets confused with the game. And, you know, when I was a young boy, I was uh, just going into college, and I decided I was going to take up pool. And I explained it to my mom and my friends. You know, I said, hey, mom, I'm, I'm doing pool now. And despite the fact that she had always uh, supported pool, she went, Oh, where have we gone wrong? Marky was such a good boy. And I'm like, no, it's not like that. Because she didn't understand that she just associated with something negative or evil. And she didn't see the beauty of it. She was thinking of, you know, all the ne'er-do-wells that, that she was familiar, you know, frequented these type places. But that, right. that's completely different than what that that's the game of pool. And it's, you know, drinking and uh, all the wrong elements. But the sport of pool is an athletic thing. It's, it's performed on a nine-foot table. It's not about handicaps, but it's actual uh, and remarkably, it's far more athletic than you think to play the sport of pool uh, due to the fact that the focus and concentration and hours of training that's required. And in that sport, you you peak at a much later age, usually between 45 and 55 years old, due to the uh, intricate details with it. So to perfect that, you know, and 
that's what you'll see in Fairfield this week. It'll be there'll be ladies there from Asia, China, uh, you know, Japan, uh, all throughout America, Europe. I mean, it's Allison Fisher's not the only dominating player anymore. You know, there's there's rivals there. It, is, it would be really interesting to be able to attend. I used to run that tour for eight years, and uh, so naturally I know all the the main ladies that play. But yeah. it's pretty cool that it comes there because you're never going to get it closer to home to see the the world's elite and uh, Fairfield. You know they're they're more known for transcendental meditation. You know, I mean, it's exactly. kind of an obscure place, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I love the Beatles and and Prudence Farrow, uh, Mia Farrow's sister lives there and uh, continues studying. Uh, they, but they began the transcendental meditation in India with the Beatles. So yeah. many years ago, but somehow Prudence lives there. What a cool thing! And the and the Beatles wrote a song about her called "Dear Prudence." Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, That's great. Well, hey, um, you had mentioned you know how your mom's thoughts and your family's thoughts and stuff when you said, "I'm going to be a pool player." At, at that time of your life, you were a pretty darn good baseball player. I was going to college on baseball, but I played high school sports. And no longer was good enough for football, basketball. So there's never been a boy that walked by a pool table that didn't think, man, that'd be cool to really be good at that thing because it's so bright and colorful and interesting. And, and uh, naturally, I always start things off the dumbest possible way. I, I thought, well, <laughs> I looked at that table and I, I thought, well, this can't be hard. This cannot be hard. I play baseball, for goodness sake. I'll master this in three weeks. And then here we are 50 years later. I'm still trying to figure out how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> I always have the wrong, but you know what? To do anything great in life, it takes two things. You have to have tremendous enthusiasm, and then, and this is odd, but you have to have tremendous ignorance. Because if you knew what you were embarking on to, you wouldn't do it. You know, because it doesn't. You know, you'd say, "Well, there's just not enough bang for the buck here." And so, you yep. know, luckily, God gave me a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of ignorance. So I had the two requisite skills. <laughs> Well, they seem to work out for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you I've have... been blessed and lucky. The sport has given me so much, John. I've got to go around the world four times, had great experiences. I've had a great life. And uh, I will forever be indebted to those that shared with me along the way, too. Well, you have just met so many incredible individuals throughout your uh, journey. And, uh in different parts of the world and in the United States, and you've got you've got stories that I, you should have a podcast where you just you tell stories of of all these folks that you ran into and and encountered with them. It's incredible. I mean, on your Facebook posts, you always share. Uh, gosh, probably once or twice a week, you're sharing stories of uh, legends that uh, you were in their circles with, and you're and you're a legend too in this in the sport of billiards and. Uh, um, so something you should think about. But uh, one of the things I want to talk about is your book. I can remember, gosh, it's been <clears throat> how many years ago now when you would you would tell us you were writing a book, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And then one day you show up, and you've got a book that's like a textbook in size. I mean, it's definitely a coffee table book slash textbook. It's got hundreds of pages in it and you have instructional photos and diagrams on on how to 
to work on your your stroke and the different different uh, combinations of things that are set up. But also in your book, you have your personal story, story and bio and um, stories of people that have influenced you. Tell tell the Southeast Iowa listeners how in the heck that came about, how you got started, and just share with us the the adventure of Play Great Pool. That was that was uh, once again enthusiasm and ignorance reigned supreme to begin with, and it started when I was a kid. I thought, well, someday I'd like to write a book, but I didn't have a topic or anything. I just knew I was going to write a book, and then I thought, well, Mark, when were you going to ever have time? And I always thought, if suppose I got stranded on a deserted island, or I was incarcerated in prison, I would <laughs> then I would have time. So I mean, I don't know what you're going to do in prison. I'm going to be busy. I got a lot going on here. And so uh, I've made a plan for that. And so, uh, anyway, the, the instructional material for pool was always so woefully vague, and uh, many people didn't get the proper training to begin with because it's still largely unavailable. But I did, and I searched it out and uh, toured the world and uh, really worked at it. Then I thought, you know, I need to collate this, and so it came about. So I decided, you know what, I can write this book on pool. I'm going to write this book on pool, and it's going to be different than what's out there. It's going to have details in it, and like you said, it is actually a textbook. It's a college-level textbook, not an easy read, but rather a resource that you would use ongoing in your training. And so uh, 17 years later, I had a book, and you'd think, 17 years? Well, I wrote the whole thing in paper and pen to begin with, naively thinking it can't be that hard. And (laughs) then... Uh, about three or four years into that, it was complete. I'd been working on it, and I hired an editor. And she worked with me for two years. And uh, she said it was good to go. And then another year or two, I didn't really think it was quite ready. I hired another editor. I worked with her two years. Well, now we're at the 10-year point, And then uh, I got my last editor, and we worked together side by side, one week per month, 40-hour week, and I mean intense. And seven years, you know, more. So 17 years and $70,000, I had a book. And wow. the hardships, yeah, uh, the hardships along the way to get it right, uh, it was more taxing than you could ever imagine. Once you write the first manuscript, uh, a book publisher told me you're not even halfway done because there's so much more to do. And I was thinking, well, the manuscript's done. The hard part's got to be done. But I was wrong once again, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, my wife, Kathy, she's she's like, I don't know if this is her way of guiding me. You'll never get it done. You'll never get it done. No one's going to want it anyway. And I go, I'm not doing it for that. I don't care if I own all of them. It has nothing to do with it. I'm going to collate everything I did, you know. And so, uh, anyway, Killjoy, she, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then one time she uh, says, you know, the forward's too long. And I was thinking about it. And I was accepting it because I just wanted it to be good. And I go, well. She said it a couple times. I go, well, hon, did you did you read the forward? No, she recoiled in horror. <laughs> I mean, at least a courtesy read before you criticize my life's work here, you know. But but yeah. then it turned out she was right, you know, which further aggravated me. Carry on to Kathy. She's irrepressible. <laughs> That's right. She has skills and senses. <laughs> yes. I guess. But anyway, so... 
and you know, it's a, it's like a, a project that's a, a dear part of my life, and and I, I never advertise the book because I don't want it to look like I'm trying to prostitute it to masses. It's not for that. And recently, I had a student. We had all day lesson. And he goes, you know, I want to buy your book. You know, I want to buy your book. I said, okay. And he says, uh, uh, we're walking out to the car to get him a copy. And I was thinking about it. And I go, look, you're not going to read this book. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he agreed with me, so I talked him out of buying it. But it was just, it was going to be, because it was going to be a waste of paper, you know. I mean, it's, that's not the right thing for him. You have, to, you have to be a pretty darn good reader to get anything out of it. It's just, it's not like a little light thing that you go through. And, and so it's it's never been about selling it. That's not what it's for. It's it's just to kind of chronicle what happened in my life. It's my legacy of the sport. I'm very, very proud of it. Hardbound, the nice paper. And, it's, there's two copies in the Library of Congress, which you will not find very many pool books in the Library of Congress. That's for sure. That's for sure. Now, if there's a uh, someone who would be committed to reading this book and is listening to this interview, is there a way for them to get a copy? <laughs> of course. You you would just either Google my name or you could just go to my website, Play Great Pools, and you just order it off of there. That's the only place you'll find it. Uh, okay. I used to have it on Amazon, but they abused my customers so bad they they gouged them an extra twenty percent. They used to frustrate me, and they, they were prospering. And it was kind of like, ah, forget it. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So if you're if you want to get a copy of Play Great Pool, go to playgreatpool.com, and you can find out how to get one. And there's some cool tips on there too. I mean, it's uh, this, and then the, my U.S. Navy SEAL story, which is that's a pretty interesting one. That was part of the research phase for the book was looking at Navy SEAL doctrine and then meeting some of them, interviewing them, uh, observing the training, which as a normal human being, you're not privy to get into. And uh, even I got in trouble over it. But nevertheless, uh, I'll be the only pool player that was ever investigated for uh, somehow landing on the Navy SEAL training base out in Coronado, <laughs> California. And the <laughs> U.S. Navy reprimanded me pretty severely and pretty sternly. But nevertheless, like, I hate the appearance of being lax, for one, and two, <clears throat> an unauthorized civilian visit to maybe dangerous training evolutions. Should something go awry, um, then, you know, I'm not on the payroll. Where the other guys, they can tell them what they saw happen, but me, I'm kind of a renegade. Nevertheless, well, they, graces after, so. they, they had to admire your ingenuity. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I feel still traded the Navy field trading base. So. <laughs> it was epically cool, epically cool. Uh, and we go there. You know, it's not. There's a 80% rate of the candidates that attempt to pass through that training. But it's not Mark standing over in the corner eating two donuts saying, you know what, I'll probably be a Navy SEAL here, John. It's eighty percent fail of the of one percent. Yeah, you have to be a world class athlete that's bright, and then you know they they have you know they always call them field teams. But what makes you a team is when you share common beliefs and core values, and there's their honor, integrity, respect, work ethic, discipline, unity, accountability. Don't ever offer an excuse, and these are all things that are missing in society. But is what makes someone a success. And so uh, these guys work up two years, 
and have to pass umpteen tests to then be part of the 80% failure rate. And it's, it's an incredible thing. But the day that I went there, I met a bunch of these candidates, and they're every one of them, I'm so used to people walking by me with their head down, looking at their phone, something dangling out of their eyebrow, pants below their uh, waist, and they kind of just glance and go, hey, what's up, old man? And uh, these guys, they are bright, attentive, look you in the eye, yes, sir, no, sir, negative, sir, booyah, it's over here. Yeah, I mean, they're right with it. And uh, of that group that I got to meet, if you said one of those is my son, be so damn proud you can't even believe it. I mean, it was the most interesting thing. And consequently, I still do. I'm talking to Mark via cell phone right now. Mark, you, you broke up there for a second, and you were really saying something really good. Can you hear me at this point? Well, we're going to stay with him. Hopefully it comes back. He's traveling right now. But uh, as you can tell, this gentleman has, he's done a lot. He's an interesting guy and a great conversationalist. And I hope this comes back here shortly. Hey, John. Hey, Mark, I got you back. Uh, I was telling the listeners we're talking via cell phone and you're traveling. And you were just getting to a really great part where you were talking about the uh, Navy SEALs, how you would be proud to call any one of those gentlemen that you met your son. And then it broke up. Okay, well, these are young guys that are go-getters, and the day after meeting these guys, I, I couldn't have been prouder of them. I would accept any of them as my son and be so proud, but it made you feel great that America still had this good, you know, and, and these are go-getters that uh, offer no complaint and get things done and make it happen, and it's, it's you know, that, those are skills that are often missing in society today that were a bit more prevalent in my day. And so uh, really uplifting and uh, a very positive thing. And then I was talking a little bit about that I still do fundraiser efforts for them. And I just did the Michael Murphy Museum last year, which it's a, it's a guy that led the Lone Survivor Patrol that uh, sacrificed his life and was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. But what a go-getter and what an uplifting story he is. And there, the museum is not just a museum thing, but it's going to do things for kids. And so I'm very sensitive to that. And uh, anyway, I, I did several fundraisers for that museum. And, you know, the first day I did one, it's upstate New York. I was in Florida. Michael Murphy's father, Daniel, called me on the phone. I have no connection, no knowledge of him. But nevertheless, uh, he told me how grateful he was that I recognized his son who had passed away in 2005 and that he would have flown down and brought Michael's medal of honor and boy it got me kind of emotional when he randomly called me and told me how appreciative he was what the effort was but i wasn't doing it for glory i was doing it because if you don't believe in the values of michael murphy you're not my friend to begin with and i was just recognizing but you know it's been a long time and he was proud that his son was still noted so yeah. uh anyway it's, it's a good story and it's it's uh i live it and believe in it and understand it and appreciate it you definitely do, and you also teach it in your uh, your schools that you conduct all over the United States. Tell our listeners about that. Well, I still travel giving clinics and uh, exhibitions, well, not so much exhibitions, but uh, used to, but mostly uh, private instruction and group clinics. And so nearly every weekend I'm somewhere in America giving a clinic, 
and uh, I work with a lot. Well, sometimes I've got one coming up with Allison Fisher, April 22nd and 23rd out in Charlotte. So her and I still work together periodically. And then, you know, uh, she's a Hall of Famer. And then I work with uh, Nick Barner, who also is a Hall of Famer, eight-time world champion. I work with John Schmidt. He was the first guy to beat Willie Moscone's 65-year-old record. It's subsequently now been passed again, but only two people the last 70 years have beat Willie Moscone's all-time record. Moscone, long time, was recognized as the greatest pool player of all time. Yeah. So, uh, but the reason I work with those people is not because of their uh, credentials, but it's because they give to the students because it reflects on me. And so if you're just going to stand on the side and look at your cell phone and not care about the students, then I'm not interested in having you. But if you've got a personality and are willing to work, then that's who I want to engage with. And so, uh, Anyway, we're trying to. It's not. It's not so much about money. That's not really. But it's my last chance, maybe, to drive the sport in the right direction, so that uh, my mom would be proud of it. You know, she just didn't understand it. Or even my own high school friends when I began. That's kind of where we lost. You know, they could, hey, Mark, come on, let's go. We're going to go out and get some beer and get some girls tonight. And I'd say, oh, uh, listen, uh, I'm going to the pool room. They go, what? What are you doing that for? That, Come on, you ain't no good, and let's go. You used to be fun. And then I think about it, man, I go, I know they're not going to understand this, so I'll explain it like this. Look, we never get girls, or I would go. And we just end up drinking you know, beer, and I don't even like it. You know, So it was just one of these <laughs> things that uh, it led me to, that's where I lost my high school friends, just not right there, but I'm just saying as it evolved, they had a different agenda than mine, and we just kind of grew apart. Right. Right. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, sir. And we, I know um, I want to have you on the show again, so please let me make my reservation now for that. And uh, can you just uh, sum up one more time uh, what's going to go on at Fairfield, Iowa, this weekend at the Women's Professional Pool Tournament and why folks listening should go? Well, you'll have the world's elite pool players there in Fairfield, Iowa. They never come closer to home than that. And it's a tremendous opportunity, and unlike where they play at a lot of times, you'd have to go to New York City or something. It would be the most tangled-up thing to get to see them. Where here they're in comfortable Fairfield, so you probably get to meet them and you can talk to them. And a lot of times they're sitting in the crowd, and as close proximity as you'll be front row, virtually front row, because it's not that big of a crowd anyway. But they're all great people, and you're going to see the best in the world, so it'll be a fun experience. All right. Well, Mark Wilson, thank you so much for your time. Safe travels, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. John, thank you, and remember this. Shoot pool, not people. I like it. (laughs) Take care, Mark. All right. Bye-bye. That was legendary author, ESPN commentator, billiards instructor, and the St. Louis shooter himself, Mark Wilson, talking about the upcoming Women's Professional Pool Tournament, March 16th through 19th, at the Fairfield Arts and Convention Center on this episode of Southeast Iowa Today, presented by Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident, and Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. I'm your host, John Bain. On behalf of Round Guy Radio, stay friendly, Southeast Iowa.